The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome to the 442 Insider podcast, where we take you behind the scenes at Australia's top football publication. This week we've been moving and shaking more than an AFL Supremo sphincter at the thought of an Aussie World Cup. This week, I'm joined by publisher Andy Jackson. Ho, ho, ho. Web editor and all-round guru Kevin Ayers. I've been cast into silence by the imagery that just created. Yeah, no, not very nice. And uh, Aidan Ormond, our top writer and web guru as well. 0.2.0 or something. Web Two like. web gurus in one room. I, I feel a bit uh, into Will the website now. implode? Yeah. Good evening. <laughs> They've got big headers over them saying breaking news and <laughs> banners and stuff that flash around. So um. We've found the secret to getting both web gurus on the podcast, though, and that's promised them an afternoon of beer, <laughs> exactly. free beer and food afterwards. Straight in there. Just to put out for everyone listening that this is the last podcast of the year before we head off on our Haymarket Christmas party this afternoon. Yeah, for the, the quickest and if podcast. The sinks, yeah, so it could, could all be, be over in 15 minutes. <laughs> could be the last podcast over if the boat sinks. Yeah, that would be, uh, That'd be a good story, though. Interesting. Well, on to the football. Ball, which you're here for round 18 in review North Queensland Fury against Perth Glory Perth's uh, woes away from home continue as they uh, lose 1-0 to the Fury David Williams scoring his first A-League goal who wants to go first on that one I'm looking at you Kev um, it was a pretty gutless display by Perth Glory um, the Fury I mean always battling away at home doing really well mm. can't do it on, on the road unfortunately but uh, yeah Perth Glory just not coming together at all mm. uh, I mean, we're two thirds of the way through the season and Dave Mitchell still not got on top of it still not got his best 11 still not got the best out of the players how long can it go on for him? Was it actually said that Tony Sage has his little dummy spit? So yeah, I'm going to take my ball away. Exactly, and you can't blame him. I mean, Christ, how much has he spent this season? But uh, I did think it was funny that he sort of said that, but then in the same breath, or the next sentence says, you know, I still think Mitch is the right man for the job and we support him, but mm. unless it's right, I'm going. Shouldn't I, it be the other way around? <laughs> I reckon it was final warning time. You reckon? Yeah, I think it's like we need results, we need to get into the finals and stay there. I just uh, couldn't imagine like Abramovich coming out. Saying, you know, unless Scalari sorts this out, I'm off. Yeah, I'm going. It's like, it's no. I'm jumping in my chopper and going back to my yeah, yacht. Yeah. Um, Aiden, the Fury, especially in the first half, all, all over them, weren't they? Great, great mm. attacking performance. Yeah, really eye catching performance from David Williams, who uh, is really. Um, He's really hitting his straps at the right time of the season for any potential um, soccer room. Until last night. Until last night, is that for Well, I mean, I think... After five weeks, I think. Really? What was it? Hamstring tear. Oh, it's his hamstring. I thought it was his foot. It looked like it should have been his his foot. It'll be interesting to see if Fergie um, has a bit of a whinge about the fact that he couldn't get... uh, his player off for attention when he should have been yeah. and they scored during the time that they were 10 men that was it yeah. um, but uh, that was last night's game up until then I think uh, he's really he's really blossomed so it's a real pity for him yeah, and obviously the Fury, with the way that the, the table is, in, in with a shout, aren't they? There's no, no one's out of it, are they, really? Everyone's in with a shout still, yeah. aren't they? Six, six finals berths, ten teams. Pointless conversation, really. Let's move on. <laughs> Wellington Phoenix against Sydney FC in uh, blustery, what, 85 kilometre an hour winds in Palmy. It looked like a Marcel Marceau. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Concert. the ball and it went back. Yeah, and all these players getting blown back by the wind. Feel like a pretty... Um, 
interesting game, back and forth. Yeah, it was a, a fairly open game, and the the wind did obviously play a major part in it. Um, I think Phoenix were determined to try and hold on to that fortress record of theirs. Mm. And, uh, technically, I guess they still have because they weren't playing at uh, the Caketon. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's still a fortress for them, I think. And Evergreen, Steve Corica giving a Ben Buckley a, a run for his money in the salt and pepper hair sh- <laughs> shakes, isn't he? But uh, 200th National League appearance and marked it with a goal. Yeah, he took the penalty well. I know. Yeah, it was a good penalty win from Brosk. You know, he, he did exactly the right thing, which is, you know, get run a, across the defender so that all the referee behind is seeing is the defender and then Brosk fall. You know, it's one of those that you can see it given. But then you, I, you I'm just fed can't. up with Brosk doing that. He does it all the bloody time. That's what really impressed me a couple of weeks ago when he scored that goal when he was on the when ground. he was on the deck. Because nine yeah. times out of ten, he just puts his hand up and. Well, I think the defenders were just waiting for him to, you know, <clears> appeal for the penalty on that day, and he just stuck his leg up yeah. and scored. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. But, you know, and I'd much rather see him just try and score the bloody goal instead of constantly trying to win the penalty in the box. And I'm surprised there's a single ref left in the country that falls for that anymore. But a decent, decent result for Sydney, considering you know they've got to go away from home in those yeah. kind of conditions. In a, I mean, it probably didn't help Phoenix that they were playing in a stadium that they don't play in normally. But and I think, a, yeah, a different, you know, different feel for Sydney, and they came out of it with all three points. And Paul Eiffel came out in the press in the days before the game, saying it's not really like a home game for us. So he wasn't too happy with playing in Palmy. But look, they played in that eighty-five kilometre winds on Saturday and yesterday we saw them at training in absolutely boiling weather so you know you've got to adapt to the conditions in this league especially when you've got to go to New Zealand and then Melbourne and then back home to Sydney mm-hmm. yeah. The uh, game on first game on Saturday was Central Coast Mariners against Melbourne Victory Blue Tongue and after a couple of poor showings, Andy, in, uh, against the Mariners the Victory got their, got their revenge so Yeah, got their revenge and the Mariners it was a pretty tight game until half time and the Mariners just which was unlike them, really, you know, really poor defending for, for probably all three goals. They'd look at it and think, you know, we, we should and have previously this season not conceded goals like that. I mean, the third was a bit of a comedy act, but um, he's just the look on Vukovic's face is a classic in, yeah. in slow motion as it goes past him. Um, but yeah, you know, Melbourne, just as strong a win for Melbourne as it was for Sydney, you know, and that, that's why they're one and two. You know, without a doubt, is that they when they, when they need to, they're going away from home and winning those key games, which um, which is why they've got that little buffer now, um, and obviously tees it up fantastically for the game to, on Saturday night. Yeah, I'd like to see Mariners try a bit harder though uh, the weekend. They, they didn't really come to the game. They were, uh, they set out to counter attack at home. That's just nonsense. Mm. You know? I think the difference was that Melbourne were clinical, <coughs> and uh, they didn't have a coach who twitted so. You know. Yeah, I, mean, it, it, I think you know. <laughs> maybe, no, no, we love Laurie for doing that. Yeah. It makes you want, you know, like the the sort of the, the, the victory goals, particularly the first two, was made through moving the ball wide quickly and and you know in the middle and then out and then the ball coming back in and the, and the Mariners couldn't deal with it. Um, and, and Melbourne are probably one of the few teams that can play that sort of football well. Yeah. Um, so that probably explains why the Mariners got opened up like that when other teams haven't done that to them. Um, but again, it doesn't doesn't excuse the fact that Melbourne have been tonked by them twice at home. Mm. You know? So it just I think it is that, as Kev said, you know, the Mariners when they go away sort of play that counter-attacking football and do it really well um, but it's not the way to go at home mm. especially with Muscat the way that they gave Muscat as much room as he needed and he just really ran the show at the back yeah. I thought yeah. and Victory is such a dangerous team you just can't give them space uh, I think you know the 
really are strong right across the field now uh, and yeah you, you've got to attack them yeah yeah Adelaide against uh, Brisbane at Suncourt Stadium was the second game on the on the Saturday a relatively poor crowd of 5-8 there witnessed uh, Adelaide win 1-0 the, the Jekyll and Hyde season continues just when you think they're out of it they uh, pull it out of the fire Adelaide Aiden do it how well, did you feel Adelaide went in that game? I always thought they would do well. They always do well in Brisbane. I think they've got a terrific record up there. Um, it's always good when you go away from home and you need the result, and yeah, you sort of, it's um, you know they're really up for it. You could see it was a typical Adelaide performance from years ago. You know, it was very mm. tight. I mean, they're, they're lacking in confidence, but it was, they were very tight and compact. And Barbiero, I mean, I think Barbiero has made a difference. I don't know whether yeah. he's made the difference, but he's made a good difference coming back in. I don't know what you guys think. I was sort of watching it through increasingly bleary eyes as it was the third game and I was out on a sort of uh, coach's dinner of Chinese we'd had about six beers at this point <laughs> but it looked to me like you know Brisbane like Adelaide were there for the taking in the first half and Brisbane just didn't really seem that they had what needed to win what needed to win the game so Adelaide just went well alright then second half if, if you're not yeah. going to win it we might as well we'll have a crack and at half time I remember that we came up with the half time odds and we were chatting and I said you know four bucks on Adelaide in the second half I'll, I'll take that eh? yeah. you know I think it was you know, Brisbane have had their chance in that mm. first half Adelaide will get in the, in the dressing rooms and go look guys they don't want to win this you know we've been average in that first half you know if we can lift a bit we can win this and they did not that coaches ever bet on games I need to add there but you know uh... (laughs) and I think probably the the best the best goal mouth stromash that I've seen this season was in this game where I think four efforts what does that mean is that Scottish food or something it's a (laughs) Craig Moore like like a scramble it's a scramble yeah okay (laughs) Kev you know stromash Um, I think that that was the best stromash of the season with chips yeah Yeah. 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 deep fried I was really impressed with uh with Lecky's cross for the goal yeah, the amount of time he well. had and just like you know that could have just been ballsed up quite as easily as it was right on his head and I think Lecky's one of the finds of the season yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he's shown great skill and, uh, and this is a player who's due for an operation as well so mm. um, yeah one for the future is that what he's getting for Christmas operation yeah a crit- a get the, get the yeah. bones out and yeah. the nose goes around I love that one it was great fun hint hint Christmas <laughs> anyway um, Sunday's game Newcastle Jets against Gold Coast United Jets now fourth in the league with a 3-2 win over Gold Coast. Uh, again, another exciting back and forth game. I'm still struggling to understand how the Jets are suddenly fourth. Yeah, isn't it because everyone else is shit? I think it would be. Yeah, I think we were all talking a couple of weeks ago about the Mariners and they're on a roll and they're changing. Adelaide in bottom are now four points beyond the Mariners who are in fifth. You know, if Adelaide win the next two games, they could. We, Adelaide could be in, you know, fifth or sixth in in a couple of weeks after Christmas. How so. are Newcastle Jets up as Central Coast Mariners? Because <laughs> they've got one more point. Yeah, I know, but uh, how does that happen? <laughs> Did we fall asleep or something and miss yeah. like three rounds of games? <laughs> I think it is just so close that Melbourne and Sydney aside, no one else is will, is able to put together mm. a couple of wins, two yeah. or three wins. And then any team that does, like the Jets have won three games, they're, they're up to fourth. Mm. Meanwhile, Wellington Phoenix, who have had a very consistent season, aren't even in the finals anymore. Yeah. Probably there's the, the, the sad 
uh, event that took place in that for Newcastle was the loss of Vignaroli uh, for the rest of the season. Is that right? Kevin? Yeah, yeah, he's With out. He's out. Medial and uh, collateral, whatever the other one is. Cruciate. Yeah. Anterior cruciate Knee-nack, ligaments. ACLs. Yeah. The wrong ACLs. Um, but they didn't seem to me, you know, three goals without Michael Bridges. It's not not bad showing, is it, Aiden? Mm, yeah, it was. Um, it was a great first goal from Wheelhouse. I don't know whether you saw that mm. cracking little strike. It's genius. Well, I mean, where did that come from? I mean, he, he, I reckon that ball could be played into him at that height and that pace a thousand times, and I don't think he'd do that again. Yeah. I think Branko's got into him and said, "Look, you know, we need more goals from midfield. We, we're obviously with Bridges out for a while. We, you know, he's got into. I mean, he's a good, he's a good player. He was always a good player, but maybe I think he's taking his game to another level. Yeah, um, yeah it was a, it was a, an interesting game. Um, and I think Charlie Miller, his first game, which was Charles, 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 oh, sorry. Charles Miller, come on, Aiden. Charles, um, he, uh, I don't think he had his best game. He was taken off after an hour, but uh, I think he could be very interesting playing just in front of Kalina. So yeah, he's more creative role. role. I mean, what, uh, and you can where, see what he can bring. Porter's back. Do we know about? Because he, he can fill that void. That, you know, when, when the Gold Coast were firing at the start of the season, it was as much through Joel Porter's link play as it was Kalina's, and I think they've missed him since he's dropped out. And Miller can come in, I think, and, and fulfil that role. I think the important thing with uh, Miller arriving, though, is it allows Kalina to move back into more defensive midfielder role, holding role, and just control play a bit more yeah. rather than trying to pl- push forward. Uh, and I think that's much where he's much better mm. suited. But uh, I think also with Newcastle, I think the, the arrival of Neil Young in goal has made a real difference. Yeah. You know, experienced yeah. goalkeeper. They're playing to a different tune now, aren't they? Yeah. In, 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 I, mean, I, I thought they'd struggle because when they, when they beat Sydney, Bridges was so important to that win and was so central to that sort of, you know, turnaround in their fortunes. I, I sort of feared for them when he got injured. Is is that going to take the sort of wind out of their sails a bit? But they seem to have I continued think, it. You know, uh, Petrovsky uh, coming on, nicking a goal. You know, he's, he's a little, you know, Petrovsky's a good little goal poacher. And if he starts getting some time yeah. Um, yeah. and the midfield is supporting him, then I think they, they, can, they can probably manage without Bridges. Yeah. Well, that's all we've got time for in this segment. That was round 18 in review. There was one game played last night, which we'll touch on after the break. So make sure you join us then. The December edition of Australian 442 is on sale now. We're 50 issues old. And to celebrate, we're listing the 50 defining moments of Australian football, including Aloisi's penalty, FFA's Dutch revolution and Vidmar's exit tears. Elsewhere, we catch up with rising soccer star Reese Williams. Italy and AC Milan legend Franco Baresi tells us what it's like to miss a penalty in a World Cup final. And there's a free Football Manager 2010 game demo with every issue. The December edition of Australian 442, it's on sale now. Hi, I'm Matt Mackay of the Brisbane Roar, and you're listening to the 442 Insider Podcast. back to the 442 Insider Podcast and before we look at some of the news from the week in football from our website we're going to have a look at uh, round 19's first game which was last night Brisbane Raw against North Queensland Fury the Queensland derby somewhat Brisbane came out 2-0 winners uh, anyone put their hand up and seen that one? Yeah I, I, watched, I watched most of it um, I mean the 
obvious sort of first talking point was the crowds. Like, where did that come from? 11,500. Mm. Uh, double what they had at the, at the weekend for the game. And considering they lost that game as well, it's like... What did you say, Kev? It was uh, something along the lines of penetrate you gently or something. I think that was another, <laughs> another way of saying that was your surprise at the crowd. Yes, yes, I was rather shocked. <laughs> um, my orifice hasn't been the same since. No, exactly. A little bit like uh, Demetrius. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think it's great. I honestly don't understand how it happened, though. and I don't think uh, the administrators did either. They had to delay, delay the kickoff to allow all the extra people to get in. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a wind up. I had to check my watch with it. So did I, I actually, said, yeah. And I think they're going to have to delay the kickoff because there's so many people coming. I was like, is it April the 1st? Is this some sort of Fox Sports wind up? Yeah. But, but, you know, I think we were talking just before we come on here about the, you know, the the Mariners have played, consistently played games on New Year's Eve and have always had a a big turnout, you know, all joking aside, there's nothing else to do in Gosford on New Year's Eve. But, you know, I think we could be looking at some good crowds over the holidays, you know, and, and it'd be great to see. I mean, the Mariners Sydney game next Wednesday should be um should be a big crowd as well. So. Yeah, mm. and events on the pitch. I mean, two teams, you know, who, who give contrasting performances to their last result. You know, mm. Brisbane lost one 0 to Adelaide. They come out, score two early goals, and uh, North Queensland after a win just don't really do it. Mm. And it's great for, for Raw as well because they've got a fantastic record in in Gosford, and they go there on Saturday. So yep. you know, you could be looking at they could be in the uh, the top six by Saturday night. Comfortably, right. They could be fourth. Um, and it's just added uh, even more um, even more sort of strength to the Sergio van Dijk story of where he's going to go next season. Mm. Another two goals. He's very good, isn't he? He's, uh, yeah. Shame Trevor's not here, really, because uh, ever since... Ever since he, ever he gave since him he... a G, I've been the most wasteful striker. He's gone on a scoring score. Can, can we get Sergio, Sergio on the show? Yeah, Trevor we'll had a get, stat on the podcast we that Van Dijk had had more shots per goals ratio than any other striker. And ever since then, he's not missed. Mm. <laughs> we also have to say that Fury were absolutely... What's the word? Poor. Crap. Rubbish. Subpar. Subpar. Is that two words or one word? I think it's adjectively. Does that count as one word or two words then? You could get away with one. You'd do two if you were charging us by the word, Ken. I'm sure you would. That'd be a dollar, wouldn't it? They were just. I don't know what happens when they go on the road, but um, didn't look. I I couldn't find a good player. And of course, David Williams gets injured, so. Yeah. um, Are you styling your hair on David Williams now at the moment? I'm a David Williams fan. Yeah, I know you. He plays the guitar, you know that? He plays very well. And he Mm. speaks Danish very well, apparently, as well, from his time. We should get him on the show as well. We should. We'll do get some football. That'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? Get football. Get some people that know actually play the game to talk about it. Yeah. Anyway, we'll go on to some news, (laughs) which uh, we kind of do on our website, don't we? Yeah. Uh, And uh, first story up is uh, Frank Farina suing the Raw for um, sacking him and allegedly destroying his chances of ever working in football again I think Frank Farina's done that can he sue himself Brisbane Raw haven't you know. for doing that I just think Frank just let it go mate. you know he, I don't know what grounds he's looking at this on you know he was lost his licence for the second time for being legal over the limit on the way to training mm. so he was prepared to come and work you know and train over the limit it's like in our contracts at this company you know it's 
clearly stated that you can't work under the influence of alcohol or drugs. You really? Know, yeah. Um, My contract says that's that I the have end to. of the four four two inside that's podcast why. for this week. Uh, <laughs> that's why. We, that's us. why I didn't bring in a six pack for this because I thought about it. And, I thought, and then I saw that news story, and then I thought I can't make that point if we sat here with a beer in our hands. Gonna have to breathalyze us. I don't know. I don't know what grounds he's got that. On. Yeah. You know, he was. Just let it go. I mean, that's pretty. That's got to be the consensus around the table. Any other any other thoughts on that one? I don't, uh, it's hard to stick up for him on it on that one, isn't it? I, I don't know whether this three hundred and twenty-five thousand comes from where. Where does that? What's that figure? How did he arrive at that figure? The rest of his contract, I think, was one year. Contract, it. Peter. Well, it says here two hundred and seventy-six thousand one hundred and twenty-three and ninety cents in salary. <laughs> Two twenty-four thousand on change in superannuation, twenty-five grand for the potential loss of the premiership bonus, and all mobile phone expenses. I wonder what plan he was on. Yeah, maybe if he had a. You should have gone to Optus, Optus yeah. 3G. Optus 3G, where you can we, watch uh, we, World watch Cup, World Australia Cup, World yeah. Cup yeah. with Lu- Lucas Neal, yeah. which is apparently very good. Yeah, apparently so. Yes. Moving on. Where'd you get that from? Last week's podcast. Yeah. Optus, is it? Yeah. 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 Optus 3G. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Write that one down. We're all on it. <laughs> How do you spell Optus? <laughs> O-P-T-A-S? Or US. US. Have they got a website? .com.au. Forward slash football. We better get a plan out of that one now. Anyway, moving on. Laurie McKinna has been tweeting in-game. It's about mobile phone usage. That's how picking it up. Segwayed into that one fantastically. Aidan, this is one of your stories. So there was an unfair unfathomable headline on our website which was obviously in Twitter. Twi- you just old. no Sorry. I know I know what it means but I just even when I saw it I was like oh god did Kevin have a couple of whiskeys like, Kevin, like Kevin can you explain the headline retweet Laurie McKenna just spoke to 442 hash Mariners simple yeah, yeah. so tell us a little bit about uh, tweeting and, and Laurie's uh well, tweet. look, um, I'd heard that he, you know, the cameras were on him at halftime. He's tweeting. Uh, it was a, it was a setup. Fox Sports did ask him to do that, okay. and it was publicity for his uh, tweet, tweet, twittering. Mm-hmm. Um, he's now got, I think, around two hundred and fifty followers. Three hundred. There you plus. go. Right. So we've promoted the fact that he tweets, and you know, he he lets. The, it, what it's about is engaging the public in a different way. Um, and Laurie's yeah. always had this uh, ability to market himself and the club really well. <laughs> it was funny because when I read the story, I thought he's he's probably the least likely person that I would have thought was on Twitter. But then I actually thought about it and thought, well, he's probably the most likely mm. coach to be open to that sort of thing because of the way he is. He's the most open of the Let coaches. me ask you, as a coach in the room, Andy Jackson, would you tweet information on your team in, in, during the week? Basic information. Yeah, I, I, I don't see why not. I mean, I mean, if I was the media manager, I'd be a bit worried because effectively he's putting him out of a job because he's, yeah. well, he's, he's just creating a direct contact with the fans, you know. Which, well, our fans, that's, that's exactly about. what the fans have said. It's, it's great about, it's because great. you're getting direct to the source information real in real time. He's also interacting with them as well. They're yeah. asking him questions. He's responding. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, it's a great channel pathway for the, for the fans. I think yeah. it's brilliant. And I, I just yeah. think, I think, you know, you look at like the Blue Square premiere when it was on Satanta and and the access that they gave because it's you know it comes down to the fact that this isn't the English Premier League and so to connect with people and get them along and get them interested in the game, you probably need to do things that are a bit more left field and a bit more interactive and a bit more engaging to get people interested because then you look at it and you say well I get a level I get a level of involvement out of this league that I don't get from the English Premier League or I don't mm. get from Syria mm. and that's what the Blue Square did you know they had the coaches mic'd up 
yeah. on the bench. You know, they had the mic'd up at half time. Right. So the people were watching that because it was real football and a real mm. insight that they didn't get from mm. the English Premier League. Yeah. And I think I think he should be applauded for it. I think it's but a more importantly, what did the Blue Square managers? What did they sing in the cars or driving through you on are. the way to training? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I just chooses think... to sing "Simple Minds." Oh, really? <laughs> or it's probably oh shit, there's a breath test up there. I better turn round. <laughs> uh, that'll be Frank Farina. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Allegedly, anyway. Yeah. I just um, think it's a great. I, I just think this in this day and age of media management, this sort of thing is a breath of fresh air. As long as he's not breaking stories that we should be breaking, yeah. um, I think it's fantastic. Giving you a bad name, Aidan. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, Jeff Kennett, the uh, former Liberal Victorian Premier and current Hawthorne AFL president, has. Uh, Attacked football standing in Australia and the uh, World Cup bids. Oh, that AFL person in World Cup discredit yeah. story shocker. He's uh, he's come out and said that um, football accounts for only five percent of the fo- sporting landscape in Australia. He said uh, uh, on a radio interview with SEN, for us in Australia, it would mean that those codes which occupy ninety-five percent of the football activity and ninety-five percent of the public's involvement has to step aside for a period of time sufficient to wreck the year to allow the code that only represents 5% of our activity. What an idiot. I mean, what, what is the 5%? What, he didn't even say what he yeah. was basing that on. Is it 5% of the viewership? Is it 5% of the turnover? Is it 5% of the attendance? Is it 5% of the It's just a random stat pulled off the top pathetic. of his head. Just if he checks pathetic. the Australian Bureau of Statistics, soccer's the football <laughs> soccer is the number one exactly. uh, participation code in the country. This whole thing, this whole thing that, that started this week, obviously we had the Demetria last week, and they had the whole thing that the Sun Herald and the Telegraph here about the fact that, you know, the will be disruptions if the World Cup oh, you, what a surprise you know there were disruptions for APEC there were disruptions when they put grass on the Harbour Bridge a weekend ago you know, yeah. a couple of weekends ago for, it's like and the scale of the disruptions will be index linked to the scale of the event Mm. You know, and this is the biggest event in the world, so the disruptions will be big. Wow, mm. you know, what a shocker. It's like, and they say, like, the, there's never been a major event here. There were disruptions, you know, roads were closed, for, roads are closed in New Year's Eve in Sydney. Mm. You know, actually, but actually, you say disruptions, it sounds negative. I mean, I was here for the Olympics in 2000, and you could get a train every three minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not, disruptions are actually another yeah. way of saying, actually, the whole system might actually work Roads a little will better. Be closed to set up a fantastic free, you know, yeah. free yeah. fan fest with bars and food. And yeah. But do you think a bit that... Like, a bit like the Sydney Festival then. Oh, yeah, exactly like that. But do know? we think that um, one of the unfortunate outcomes of this could be that all this furore in... Victoria will actually when it comes down to us getting a successful bid they've talked Melbourne out of getting a semi or a final you know if this is the compromise that they have to come to and they go well you know in order for you to get the MCG back you only have a couple of group games and we chuck it up to Brisbane or Sydney you know could they have talked themselves out of a final I I think this will all be resolved by the time it all comes uh, I mean we're what eight years away minimum from the actual tournament taking place, it will all get resolved. Melbourne will get a final or a semi-final. It has to happen. People would expect it that way. Mm. Uh, Sydney will get a final or a semi-final and it'll all get sorted. But, I mean, you know, AFL and Rugby League, both great sports, got nothing against them. I just don't have time for them in my life. Um, But there's a hell of a lot of dickheads speaking out at the moment. Mm. You know, they're not doing anybody any good. They're not doing the country any good. Bigger picture, I think it's potentially... You know, it's playing 
into football's hands because if you're FIFA, look at the FIFA decision. I went back, I googled some of the the opposition that the the USA '94 World Cup was getting in the USA. Very similar. Really? Yeah, from yeah. the NFL and from the baseball. We don't want the disruptions for this minority sport and blah. blah. And then you know what do FIFA do? Oh, they go and give it to them. And it's yeah. like, well, hang on a minute. This is almost a little bit of a challenge to FIFA to say there is this one market that's a big market that's number twenty one country in the world um, that needs FIFA's help to um, to give football the final leg up that it needs. You know, yeah. and I, if I was the World Cup, I'd be putting this in front of FIFA, saying, you know, we need your support. We need this. You know, this is one corner of the world where football isn't number one. Mm-hmm. Give us your help. I think also in AFL, Ken, it is known. I mean, in AFL has been a little bit of a, a loose cannon. So I think the co- the comments are taken in that context. And Aidan, you, uh, you you had a chat with uh, boxer Jeff Fennick about yes. it all. Yeah, Jeff Fennick's... Look, Jeff Fennick, you know, loves his country and wants a World Cup here, loves mm-hmm. his football and believes that it's going to be um, you know, the big, as we all know, it's going to be the biggest event we've ever seen in this nation. So um, he's talking about uniting the nation, not dividing it. That's great stuff. Well, look, that's all we've got time for looking at the news of the week from our website, au.442.com. Uh, join us after the break. Got it right again. Last Don't... podcast, the uh, yeah. Paul gets the website right. Just uh, <laughs> join us after the break as we'll be going over our... Uh, Year's uh, awards, another awards segment, eh? Yeah, look at the enthusiasm. I can see it off. Join us then. All together now. Australian football legends John Cosmina and Kevin Muscat have come together for the first time since their headline-grabbing sideline stoush nearly three years ago to become very special members of the Green and Gold Army on tour at the 2010 FIFA World Cup. With over 100 Socceroos caps between them, Cosy and Muskie will be arm-in-arm with the Green and Gold Army in South Africa and you could be there with them enjoying the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's FIFA-authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australia group stage games, four additional World Cup group stage games, transfers to and from games, and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg, just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 for more information on Australian football's once-in-a-lifetime experience. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Welcome back to the 442 Insider podcast. Uh, We're into the second half. And now, seeing as it's the end of the year and uh, we've got Christmas party coming up and all that rubbish going into 2010... We're going to look back at 2009 and give away a few awards. And uh, seeing as we've got most of the major players in our company, we managed to get rid of that Trevor character, which is always good. He's talking about it anyway. No, exactly. He always puts money on the wrong team, doesn't he? <laughs> um, we're going to give away a few awards. So, lads, uh, first up, over the last 12 months, both internationally and A-League-wise, I would like to find out who you think your best player of the last 12 months is. Aidan? Uh, mine's Tim Cale. Yeah, Tim Cale. Um, in the world, as an Australian, as an Aussie. Yeah. yeah. So A League or Aussie? You can, you can yeah. give whatever reason. Yeah, you well, want Aussie it. wise, Tim Cale for what he's done. Um, uh, you know, at vital times, scoring vital goals. So for me, it's Tim Cale. Are you? Were you surprised when we did our hundred best players that he wasn't in the hundred? 
Should he? Should he be? Definitely. Yeah. Thanks. That's the last work you ever get from. Kevin. Um, uh, Agree with uh, Tim Kawa being in the the top 100 for sure. He should have been. Uh, he, he's up there with Fabregas and Lampard in the EPL. I think yeah. and should be recognised for that. Luckily, I would have uh, Carlos Hernandez as the best player in the league. Uh, he's just constantly impressed, and he's my captain of my fancy football league team and doing go. a wonderful job for me. He's one of those. So players, I'm very grateful. He's, he's kind of like if he doesn't do spe- something spectacular, you, you're almost wondering why, or you think he's, he doesn't have a good game yeah. because he's always just he's got that knack for he's something special. Conchman attacker, you know, he's, if he's not scoring, he's setting up. Better uh, than Fred. Uh, without a doubt, I mean, I always thought Fred was a good player, but hugely overrated and mythologised. Mm, yeah. I think the difference with Fred was that he brought the best out of other players, whereas Hernandez can win a game on his own. Yeah. Hernandez can get, as he has done this season, mm. he can get a ball 35 yards out, turn and smack it harder mm. than I've seen many people mm. hit a ball. Mm. Fred didn't do that. Mm. You know, Fred brought Archie Thompson and Olsop into the game. He didn't score many goals himself. Mm. And if Melbourne weren't firing... He wasn't necessarily able to create something out of nothing for himself, and Hernandez has got that ability. And Carlos is an international who's played at a World Cup as well, was Fred. Andy, who did you...? Um, I had internationally, um, I probably had uh, Andres Iniesta, Mm -hmm. I think the best player, I think, because everyone talks about Barcelona and Messi and, and that, but if you actually watch Barcelona, he is the heartbeat of that side. Um... You know him and and Chavi as a pairing, but of, of the two, I would I would take Iniesta as probably the best midfield player in the world. Um, I don't, and I had Cahill as the as the Australian, the best Australian player locally. I'd probably agree with Kevin Hernandez. Mm. Yeah. Best team of the year. This one might be a, a little bit more obvious. Kevin, uh, internationally, uh, who do you pick? Um, internationally. If you know you want to, do you want to look at my notes? It rhymes with Barcelona. No, it's, no. Um, yeah, it's kind of predictable and boring, mm. though. You know, and, uh, I think there's more to it than that. Wolfsburg. Yeah, I think Wolfsburg has got a lot going for them. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, I've not really. A league wise or uh... A league wise. Melbourne victory again Uh, and this is from somebody who's Sydney sider through and through loves all things Sydney Um, and just loves the rivalry with Melbourne but Melbourne victory are just bees knees great team last season great results last season and they've actually followed through this season Uh, and going to have back to back premiership and championship I reckon Jacko um, I'm going to be completely and utterly biased and I'm going to go Villa Oh my I love my boys and they're doing really well at the moment yeah, and they're, just, so they're the best team yeah. in the last 12 months my, in my mind yeah in, locally stretching it a little bit I'm going to go New Zealand for qualifying for the World Cup yeah. I think it's a great effort it was probably the easiest passage that any country's ever had to the World Cup but it is going to be great it's great for the it's great for the A-League indirectly with Phoenix it means that there'll be a lot of A-League players if not on display in the Socceroos there'll be a, certainly a few of them on display for New Zealand yep. they'll probably go there and get tonked but they'll have a good time getting tonked and so I think fair play to them yeah fair enough Aidan actually you stopped my thought I was actually going to say Auckland City for winning the first yeah. ever FIFA Club World Cup game yeah. for the New Zealand team and I think they're now playing off a of five and six um, arguably the best stadium I've ever seen they uh, lost this morning it was this morning how did they go they lost 
Oh, yeah. hey. oh no, actually, no, they won. They won three well, then that's even better. For a draw. <laughs> so, yeah, look, um, Barca and victory. <laughs> it's one of the ones. We're obviously well up with Auckland City, but look. <laughs> I did the, big up to the story up yeah. this morning. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, whilst we're talking, I'll get it up on yeah. the iPhone. We'll look it up on the iPhone. 3-2 was the final score, but I'm just amazing. Which way to win two for a team full of basic part-timers to go and beat Al-Akhli and then have this result, which is a 3-2 victory, you're saying? Hold fire, mate. Don't commit to that yet. <laughs> <laughs> While um, we're doing that, let's uh, pick best goal. We'll do club and international together. I was going to separate them, but just give us your best goals, Kev. A club was my um, mate Carlos again yeah. uh, in the was it the opening round. Uh, I thought against Gold Coast. Uh, I've picked yeah. that one against Gold Coast. Yeah. is mine. Uh, Three two, they won. They did Beat win. Mizembe. That's right. Ricky what? Van Steeden scored deep into stoppage time for a three-two win. That's the one. It's Sky Sports producer Ricky Van Steeden. Yeah. Yeah, there we so, go. Good shout. Well and, done, boys. Uh, best international goal was uh, Dev Carney's against Ireland. Yeah. Blockbuster. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Andy? Uh, yeah, club. I've, I've gone Joe Wilhouse last, last week. I yeah. thought it was probably the best goal of the A-League this year. As I said, I don't think you can ever do it again. Um, club goal in the Premier League, I'd probably say. Actually, both last weekend, Figaro for Wigan unbelievable strike I mean you know no fluke about that knew what he was doing great trajectory as well yeah Keeper wasn't that far off the line you know it's an amazing strike with his left foot as well Um, international goals I'd probably say be obviously biased again Cahill against Ireland you know the little move with McDonald and great strike and Carney versus Ireland Mm -hmm. Yeah, Aiden. I've gone locally Carlos Hernandez victory against Gold Coast an absolute tonk of a strike yeah. and internationally I've actually gone for Tim Cale's header against Japan where it appeared to head the back of the Japanese defender as it went over the goalkeeper just a terrific bit of uh, you know, intuition and timing yeah. skill so I've gone for that what he's known for eh? uh, best signing of the year Andy <laughs> Oh, Premier League Aston Villa Richard Dunn yeah. absolutely yeah when you That's consider what they replaced him with what Man City replaced him with 23 million for Joe Leon Lescott who's now yeah. he's now what a steal he is you know and that guy if, if Villa made the Champions League it would be down in no small part to him at the back locally Paul Eiffel mm-hmm. I think yep can't argue with those two. Carlos Hernandez again. He's you know landmark signing and you know not just being a superb playmaker and God, signing. That's that's terms there. That's technicality though. But because he was here last year. Yeah, but he he was also a record signing as well for the yeah, league. Yeah. Uh, so you know I think victory put the the money uh, played the cards well and actually invested in the in the side mm-hmm. to get bring him here permanently. Uh, and I think that signing of the year by a long way. Aiden? I'm actually going to go for Zenon Caravella, who I think every time he's played for Gold Coast have been a different team. So as a signing, he came with very little fanfare. He was playing for, I think, FC Omnibus or whatever they call Omniworld in, in Holland. Yeah. Very low-key signing, but every time he's played for that team, they've looked, they've looked good. So I'm going to go for Zenon Caravella locally. Fair enough, good shout. Worst signing of the year. Aiden, I'll go back to oh, you. Geez. He's struggling. Yeah. I need time to think. Okay. I'd go locally, Jacob Timpano. <laughs> I'd, you know, nothing against Jacob. He's a, he's a lovely lad, but, you know, the guy's not played 
more than a handful of games since season one and here we are in season five and a, te- a new team like Fury is signing him as one of their defenders you know I just think that just let the poor guy get his fitness back you know yeah. I had Chickenton panel and then I thought well with his Bo Bush as well and then That's I thought the North Queensland Fury yeah. entire team shape <laughs> yeah. with you know maybe three exceptions and yeah, yeah. North Collins and Fury ridiculously Bob Malcolm, Dyron Dahl. I reckon those two are well, pretty. Uh, I, th- I think Bo Bush. Uh, you got to. I mean, Bo. He's had an extraordinary last twelve months. He's sort of, <laughs> he'd be a very interesting person to speak to because basically, when you get signed by a club and you're sitting on the bench and they need a defender and you're still not picked, you know, you've got to ask yourself why. When they're using midfielders in defence over you, yeah, it's not a good sign. One to watch, the player to watch. I've I've heard another word signing internationally, Akulani. Yeah. Well, That's a big call. He's not really had an awful lot of chance, time to, to, to show himself. Exactly. Worth signing. By no. the manager? Yeah. You know, why? 20 million. 20, 20 million is a lot. That has a history of playing, on average, 16 games a season in his career. Mm. He's his average per season. And you're going to replace, you've bought him to replace Xavi Alonso, <laughs> who played pretty much every game, who was instrumental in their midfield. And he's replaced him with someone who, you know, as yet undiscovered tribes in Africa could have told you was not going to play more than 20 games and how many has he played? Mm. Coconut in the Premier League Whose fault is that? Is that Benitez for not picking? Benitez is So what's he buying for? So that's the. Well, that's he has the been reason. injured. He was injured for a large part of the start of the season. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, and so. And he's he's just been nursed who back. Hasn't in. got much money. He's told that you know the money you can get for Alonso is what you've got to spend. And he goes and buys it, buys someone who's already cropped, who's got a history of not playing more than sixteen games in a season. Mm. Awful signing. That's Rafa for you. Then. Or Lesker, twenty-three million. Seventeen million for Glenn Jumps. That's a good one as well. Player to watch over the last 12 months, uh, maybe a guy coming through. Have we got any uh, thoughts on that? Mm, Tommy Orr is looking pretty good, I think. Uh, I think he's somebody to, to keep an eye out for. Don't want to put too much pressure on him, he's young. Mm. And, Don't uh, worry, no one listens to this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, he looks he looks like he's got a lot of potential. Yeah, yeah every time he's been out, and he's, he, he seems to uh, he's nippy. be in the mixer, doesn't he? Yeah, mm. but uh, you know, same with said of Zulu and Cruz and not really quite developed in the way we might have hoped very true Andy yeah I'd, I'd sort of four really I'd probably say Deganzic looked good when he came through Lecky I think it's been good Kantorowski I like Lukov I think he needs to learn you know I think he, you know he, he looked a bit out of sorts at the weekend but and all last night looked good yeah mm-hmm. Aiden, any additions yeah. to that? Yeah, look, uh, another player who was a four-four-two best player outside the A-League, aside from Tommy Orr, was, was Adam Sirota, I thought, last night. Looked very useful. And also Mitch Langerak, I think, in golf, mm-hmm. Melbourne victories, really stepped up, and mm-hmm. he could be the next Oliver goalkeeper, in fact. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, Lackey. I think, yeah. terrific season. Shout. The last one is, uh, if you had to pick one player from any team in the A-League going into the finals that you would want in your starting eleven. Who would it be? And the name is not allowed to be Hernandez. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know that we'd pick him number one. But if you had to have one other player, who would it be? And he's obviously going to go in five. No. I'd go Shane Smiles. Just because I think in the finals, it's about taking your chances. You don't always get a lot of chances. So you need a striker who might get one chance and puts it away. And I think Smeltz is, is better at that than anyone else in the if league. If he's going to have Smeltz, I'll Sergio. Van Dijk. Really? Hmm. Wow. 
he's also my fan, football fantasy team and he's doing very well okay I think if you put if you put Schmelz in up front for any of the top four teams he'd, he'd get as many goals as he's getting for Gold Coast yeah. if you put him up front for Melbourne Sydney Brisbane mm. he'd score goals Aiden. well for, for that very same reason I would pick Robbie Fowler excellent mm. yeah it does make you think when you see Fowler and you do see him finish. You would, you know, what could he do if he was playing you in wonder, Melbourne? If he was getting a bit more and service. You sort of wonder, I've wondered, you know, if he likes Australia but he likes the A-League, think you're showing that he can play, so he still couldn't play the season. Does he potentially angle to move somewhere else for his second season? He's, up, he's got a long-term contract, don't Two years. Two years. Yeah. Although the question must be asked, he's got a long off-season, they probably won't make the six. Is he going to be asked to join Adelaide, for example, or Melbourne in the Champions League? Or would he get a loan spell at, let's say, a Wolves or a... Portsmouth back or, home or for will six he actually months. revel in for the first time in his life having a six month off season exactly and go, I'm going to put my feet up in Kettens yeah. thank you very much I'm going to Island there's a beach he's got four kids up, they yeah, all love it up yeah, there I'd, so. I'd, say, I'd say that's one of the appeals for someone but wouldn't Adelaide love to have Fowler in their side oh definitely and wouldn't yeah. they need him who wouldn't in the A-League so I'm going to ring up Aurelio and yeah. ask him the question I'd say if you've just spent 18 years you know like at the top level playing 11 months a year and getting a month off if you're lucky that this would be one of the major bonuses of playing in Australia for someone like that obviously it's an issue for people that are trying to stay fit for the World Cup but for someone like Fowler I think he'd probably say this is the bonus of coming in mm-hmm. yeah. definitely great stuff lads that was our end of year awards and uh, join us after the break as we're going to be having a look at all the games in round 19 stroke 20 subset B category A or something I don't know so uh, the broken be some, round yeah we'll be talking about some games so join us then the December edition of Australian 442 is on sale now we're 50 issues old and to celebrate we're listing the 50 defining moments of Australian football including Aloisi's penalty FFA's Dutch revolution and Vidmar's exit tears elsewhere we catch up with rising Socceroos star Reese Williams Italy and AC Milan legend Franco Baresi tells us what it's like to miss a penalty in a World Cup final and there's a free Football Manager 2010 game demo with every issue the December edition of Australian 442 it's on sale now Hi I'm Alex Wilkinson from the Central Coast Mariners and you're listening to the 442 Insider Podcast with my great mate Paul Hensman Back to the 442 Insider Podcast, and we're into the last section where we're going to have a look at all the games in round 20, we think it is, isn't it? Because uh, 19's games are going to be played midweek over Christmas, and this is going to be round 20's games. So, we think. Uh, we think, but you know, we'll get them right, and you can listen to us. And, uh, yeah. It doesn't really matter. Well, who cares whether it's round 19 or round 20? There's some games this weekend, and there's some games in the week. In and also, next who week. cares because it's Christmas party in about half an hour, so mm. let's get through them. Um, Friday the 18th, today, sees um, Adelaide United against Wellington Phoenix. Uh, two teams that are you know, desperately in need of points. I suppose is desperate the right word at this stage? I, mean, I suppose it is, isn't it, with only a few, few games left? Yeah, this hasn't got spectacular written all over it, has it? No. But. Um, Wellington have got a terrible record in Adelaide. I think vaguely remember they got tonked 5-1 at some point in the, in the last couple of years. So um, they don't travel well to Adelaide. Adelaide on a high after their victory in Brisbane. Um, yeah, I think Adelaide can probably get something out of this one. You, you, yeah, I mean, Adel- uh, I mean, those teams in the bottom half, 
Adelaide included, are so difficult to predict, you know, because I wouldn't have predicted that they'd go and win in, in Brisbane, so I'd probably tip a draw, one all. Yeah, I mean, it's completely un- unpredictable, to be honest, down there. Uh, I think Adelaide might well be focusing on just getting themselves off the bottom of the ladder, which a win here would do. Yeah. Uh, and so it might just be enough impetus to, to get them over the goal line and get that win. But Phoenix will be wanting to get back into the finals slots again. Yeah. Uh, but they, they travel terribly. They do, yeah. For some reason. Saturday's uh, early game is Central Coast against Brisbane Raw at Blue Tongue Stadium. You know, I, I, what, yeah, how are we going to do this one? Yeah. Just I mean, I'd probably tip Brisbane just because I think the Mariners, as we said, struggle with their style at home. Um, Brisbane have got a win now. Van Dyke's on form. You know, I thought the their midfield is was very mobile last night. You know, small but mobile, and I think that might cause the Mariners a bit of trouble. Um, Massimo Madoka back, isn't Madoka he? Madoka back, back Mackay, Tommy yeah. Orr. I think their pace particularly Orr's pace will cause um, the Mariners a bit of trouble so I'll probably tip Brisbane to go and nick that mm-hmm. I think Ange is finally getting to uh, impose his personality on this side uh, with Liam Reddy's exit and uh, a Charles, Charles, Miller. Charles Miller's yeah. exit uh, and Craig Moore's impending exit yeah. and Danny, Danny Tiato just completely disappearing off the face of the earth it seems Rob so. is he injured? Or? don't think so, he's just not in the squad anymore um, so yeah, it looks like Ange is getting his way and he's going to have a, a team of young guns mm. he's trying to do an Arsene Wenger on us Good luck uh, Well that, yeah. that's the question I'll be asking I'll be at the game on Saturday so I'll be asking Ange whether he feels that he's you know, now getting his ideas across that he's imposing the, it's, a, it's a good question yeah. um, It's just a bit of a worry that Central Coast can't seem to play a different way when they play a side like Brisbane they can't seem to adjust I don't know whether, what the coach and Andy thinks about coach has been able to adjust for one game but every single time they play Brisbane Raw they just cannot handle that kind of style mm. bit of a worry Saturday's second game 8 o'clock the uh, clash of the round Melbourne against Sydney two top teams uh, battle for top spot can Sydney go top if they beat them no, no they're, uh, they're one goal difference behind yeah if they yeah. win 2-0 <clears throat> yep yep yeah. They win by two goals. I mean, it's the same sort of scenario as it was last time, isn't it? One v two. Yeah. Um, and Sydney went there and and. Yeah, if they win by one, they'll be on top. Yeah. yeah. If they win at all, they're on top. So you know, Sydney went there and didn't dominate the whole game, but it played probably as good a ten minutes as as anyone's ever played yeah. in the A League, and then sort of didn't concede in the in the remaining eighty. So whether they'll be able to do that again, I'm not sure. I think Melbourne Victory are, are a better side playing. You know, in better form than they were when Sydney went there last time. Mm-hmm. So, and they, they won't need any more motivation than to put that right. So, I think we'll. Um, I think it could get a bit fiery. Definitely think it could get a bit fiery because I think we'll see um, Mr. Musket try and stamp his authority on the game early, and we know what that normally means. Stamping um, on someone. So, I think he'll. Um, <laughs> I think uh, Messrs. Brosk and, and Bridge, if he's fit, can expect a bit of treatment early doors. I would have thought. So. Yep. The last round's uh, Sydney v Melbourne as mm. well, isn't it? The very last round, so it's not quite the season decider, no. but it's going to be a bloody good tee up for it anyway. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see the size of the crowd as well. Uh, there's even well, hopefully, t- if last night said he, you know, the kids are broken up, everyone, a lot of people have finished work this week. You know, I, I think it could be a speculation. Thirty-five, forty thousand could be even up as high as fifty, which yeah. is a huge. And also, huge I think figure. this this is a. They talk about this as a battlefront for the World Cup bid. Let's show. 
Melbourne really how, how big this game can be. What better game to go than this one? Yeah. Um, the big blue, as they call it now. I think there is a bit of that as well. You know, like looking at the Melbourne forums and speaking to some Melbourne fans, you know, they're a bit sort of, you know, let's show people that, you know, we are a football city and yeah. you know, this is their chance to sort of, the Jeff Kennett's of this world show that, you know, there is another sport in Melbourne that can draw 50,000 crowds. Mm. Yeah. Well, if, if Brisbane can double their crowds just like that yeah. and they're expecting 30 on average in Melbourne, then it could be a 50, which yeah. would be incredible. I think I was talking to Bridgie yesterday, um, and they're ready for Muskie, and uh, they're going to give it back to him. It's on the au.442.com today. Yeah. They know what to expect. Yeah. And they'll, um, it's gonna be, he said the first 15 minutes is going to be very interesting. Great. Well, if you're down there in Melbourne, make sure you get out there and uh, see that one. Can't should wait. be a humdinger, as they say. Um, Sunday, two Who, games, early it? one. Who's it that says that? Uh, people in old 1950s cartoons. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Okay. Like Foghorn Leghorn or something like that. I think he said Humdinger. Humdinger, yeah. I need mm. to use it more, actually. Mm. Uh, Sunday's early game is Newcastle Jets against North Queensland Fury. Five o'clock kickoff, Energy Australia. Um, again, mm. another coin toss. No, uh, the no. Coin toss. If that, if that was, if Fury's going, on the road. Yeah, if I was going a, a bet, yeah. I'd be betting on Newcastle. That is which probably the safest away bet win. of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Which guarantees an away win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, on paper, safest bet of the week. That's the Jets' home win, you would yeah. hope. Mm. Uh, and it's Bridges still wouldn't be back, but it's good to see Branco finally getting to uh, use Bridges when he's fit because yep. he was axed from Sydney before he had actually managed to play Bridges even one game yep. so it's kind of uh, seeing the two of them reunited at last and seeing the effect he had on Jets yep. and what could have been with Sydney mm. uh, I think Sydney still should hang their head in shame for what they did to Kalina mm. uh, they never gave him a chance and if they had given him and Bridges a chance it would have been a whole sort of different story they rushed to sack him before Bridges took the field because they knew he could turn the season around yeah. and they wouldn't be able to sack him anymore any um, any dissent on that result though, Aidan? Do you, do you see the Newcastle winning that one? I think they can make history and make four wins on the trot in the A League, which I think no other team has done this year. Is that right? Yeah. So um, yeah, Shout it'll be uh, a Trevor's stat role there. Like <laughs> it, might not need him back. Yeah. It's, it's uh, and, yeah. Look, um, for, I don't know why Fury travels so bad, but uh, yeah, look, the Jets are in form. This this is a three pointer. If they don't get three points from this, there's something wrong. Yeah. This is I mean, I'm guessing they won't go back. You would have thought that they would just sort of travel down today, probably, wouldn't you? And yeah, train on the that's train what I thought. The, the recovery so maybe the, the travelling's out, out of their system. Would you yeah, think they'd but, fly back last well, night? It was just... interesting that uh, they flew down yesterday on the day of the match. Yeah. Which, you know, even though it's only a two hour trip, it's still a flight and you still. You get discombobulated on flights. That's my word of the week. That's so Enough of big work for the <laughs> in discombobulation. That's a doozy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah you, that you, was surprising you, you, when Bosa said he'd sold, sold them at the airport. That's just that weird. Day, yeah. yeah. Well, the second game on Sunday is Gold Coast United against Perth Glory at Skilled Park. It should be a. Half decent match if Perth can actually play away from home again. But um, are we rate, are we rating um, Gold Coast to come out winners in this one? Yeah. <laughs> Simple enough. And also, I, I believe Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Perth actually went back home and then now they've flown again. Yeah, they did, and that so surprised me to that, be honest because that's got to be a factor. Yeah. Someone needs a frequent flyer. Yeah. So I always thought that Perth 
did their game, away games in little blocks so that they could stay here. And, and well, that's right. They yeah. used to play Sydney and then go to New Zealand and then come back. Yeah. They did that week in Sydney this time Which last year. Which was great year. for us because we've got interviews. Or they do like right. Sydney yeah. and Newcastle or yeah. Mariners on consecutive away. So they've yeah. gone to North, so presumably they fly to Brisbane and then go to Townsville, fly back to Brisbane, fly to Perth, and then on Wednesday, I believe, or Thursday, they'll then, or Friday, whatever it is, they'll go to Gold Coast. So it'll be Brisbane, then Gold Coast. So yeah. Yeah. heck of a lot of travel. Well, now, Andy Todd uh, feels about all the travel in the A-League. Well, uh, that's it for uh, round 20, as we say. But there is one game in, in midweek, just before Christmas. Uh, it's our Christmas party part two. So if you're uh, in Sydney and a Sydney fan and want to come down and see some of the uh, podcast guys, we're going to be at the Cricketers Pub from six o'clock. So come down and see us. And uh, also Sorry, for that... Us. it's Sydney FC against Central Coast Mariners and uh, if you're interested in going to to see that game uh, make sure you book your ticket on Ticketek because there's a special two for one deal if you buy a ticket to the game against uh, the Mariners you also also get a ticket to see Adelaide United against Sydney at the SFS on the 27th absolutely free so um, seems like a good deal if you want to get that is there any tie in with Optus Mobile no this is completely separate but you do get a good but, reception at the ground. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. Yeah, especially if you use yeah. 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 So if you want to get those tickets, go to Ticketek uh, website and do a keyword search of Sydney FC two match pass. Mm. Come on. And that's how you And I think they're going to get some pretty good crowds. Oh, yeah. Well, why, yeah. why wouldn't you? Why not? Yeah. And I mean, Sydney are playing some great football at the moment, so why, why would you not want to go down there and uh, yeah. see yeah. the boys in blue play? Exactly. You can call your friends on your Optus mobile afterwards and let them know how much you enjoyed it. Great do they have 3G? On, uh, that's 3G as well? Apparently they so. They do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, to the football, Sydney FC against the Mariners, what do we reckon? Um, it's got to be Sydney, goals. isn't it? This has always, always been a great game. Always goals yeah. in this game. Well, we said that, did we not say that the last time they, they played and uh, it turned out to be a 0-0 draw or something? Was it? I think the last Probably. round. I don't remember. Uh, so goals. What's, goals yeah, I think it'll be goals. Day. Mariners score goals away. Sydney... Yeah, well, it's, what's, what's happened with Colosimo? Where, where's he? He's, he's out for one. He's, he's out, out for one, one, so he misses the game. As but well. he's also pretty yeah. upset with the club for not appealing this red card. He felt they should have. Yesterday, he was, he, was yesterday he was a little upset when he spoke to the journalists. The yellow. Yeah. Mm. But, um, but home win? I, th- I think so, to be honest, yeah. Um, or possibly just a, a very low-scoring draw myself. Yeah. I think 1-1, maybe. I'm going to go high-scoring draw. I think 3 all. So back in. Two, 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 two or three, three. I think this is this is the. It was around about this day two years ago when they had the greatest ever A League encounter mm-hmm. was between these two teams. Yeah. There's something about playing in Christmas. I don't know what it is. It's traditional, mate. It's football. It's um, pressure seems to be off players. They just seem to enjoy themselves a little bit more. Can't yeah. wait. It'll be a cracker. It'll be a Christmas cracker. Gift wrapped goals. The crowds seem to be better. The crowds get more involved. Everyone's on holiday. Everyone's yeah. having a drink. People don't have to go to work the day after. We can all wear Santa Everyone hats. Gets involved a bit more, and I think that lifts the players. I think mm. naturally lifts the players. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. And if you look at the if you look at the games over the last four or five years over Christmas, they've been great. Mm. Um, crowds are great. I think the whole thing is a great idea. So. Well, let's let's all get out there and watch a game of football. That's your uh, New Year's resolution. Get out there and see a game. Yeah. That's all we've got time for for the uh, last Insider Podcast of 2009. We'll be taking a break over Christmas, and we'll be back on the seventh, eighth of uh, January. Yeah, 8th we'll of January. be up there, so uh, make sure you're checking on the website uh, round about then. But check in before and read all the good scoops from our web gurus who are here today. 
thanks to Simon for producing the show. Uh, fantastic thanks, Simon. today, and uh, as he has for uh, all the podcasts that we've been on. And uh, yeah, that's all we've got time for. So Merry Christmas, the best of luck and joy and all that Christmas rubbish. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Big, big 2010 for football. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, and hosting a World Cup. Thanks for your listening uh, ears and uh, we look forward to having you join us again. You're rambling now, mate. Let's cut it. Cut. Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.